Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Oh, thank you so much. Um, before we um, just uh, get into it and we just rearrange the stage, I want to say it's been an incredible privilege to be with you and a real privilege to meet you and to serve you. I think I said this last night, I love the church, which means I love your church. And I want your church to thrive and I want your church to succeed as much as I do my church. It's been a real privilege to meet Christy and just to hang out for a little bit. And uh, so I don't want to take too long tonight, just a a few minutes and um, just to talk uh, through some stuff that I think is really important and actually connects with what we've been saying already. It really connects with what I've been saying already, but I knew what I was going to say. Um, So that's easy. But uh, I also think it connects with what God's been doing amongst us this weekend. So the title of my message is, Who Told You You Were Naked? Who told you you were naked? I don't know if you've ever had a thought and then you've thought, I think I'm going mad. Just me, okay. <laughs> you know, you, you've thought something and you think, maybe I am going a little bit mad. Well, a few years ago, I was asked to speak at a conference on the subject that I spoke on this morning, joining God in the renewal of all things. And uh, I had this thought, can we actually change culture? Can, Can we actually make a difference? Is God even bothered? Somebody even asked me that question, actually, after I'd spoke. Is God even bothered about changing culture? And if he is, how? How's that going to happen? And so I'd, I'd thought through all of that and I'd put my talk together and then I had these voices. I had these voices saying, what if people don't agree? Have you ever had that? What if people don't agree? Uh, what if no one shows up? I, I, like my session was one amongst many and I looked at the other sessions and I thought, nobody is coming to my session. Like, have you ever had that? Oh, nobody's coming. Uh, What about the other speakers? Look at their names. What have I got to say in comparison? What if the people think I'm insane? I think I'm insane right now. What if the people? And I got all these voices and I was thinking I'm going a little bit mad, I think, thinking all these thoughts. But at the same time, I knew that this was a God opportunity. I knew that these words, these ideas had the power to change the future. I knew that I was a human being, and unlike any other species on the planet, that means I can have an idea, and I can imagine a different future, and I can speak words and begin to create that. You know, I think that sometimes we value our sanity too much, and we give up our uniqueness because people might think we're mad. Therefore, we've become an echo instead of becoming ourselves, because it's easier that way. It's easier to be an echo. We've all done it. Have you noticed how hard it is to say two simple words, I disagree? Just me. (laughs) It's so hard to say those two words, isn't it? I disagree. But I remember someone saying, if you only speak with people that agree with you, you're just having a conversation with yourself. And that set me free. Because I don't know about you. I don't want to just talk to myself. I want to talk to other people. And I'm interested in what other people think. And if I only talk to people who agree with me, then I'm just having a conversation with me. But it's easier to be an echo 
it's easier just to be an echo. I said this morning that we as human beings were created to create. We were imagined to imagine we're the only species that can do that. Lots of species can, can build, but we can create. We can imagine a future and we can create it. Others just act on instinct. The giraffe is just, as we said this morning, going to giraffe. The baboon is going to baboon all day. And the beaver, the beaver is just going to build dams and never build bridges. But we have been made in the image of God. And therefore, we can imagine a different tomorrow. And so we need to find and listen to the right voices so that we can imagine the right things. We need to have an inner voice that brings out the uniqueness of what God has for you and me so that we can play our part in the future that God wants and become all that he's intended us to be. You know, I love it when God speaks and we're going to think about God speaking into our lives for a few moments tonight, but I love it when God speaks because one thing I discover when God speaks, his word has within it the potential not just to change that moment, but to continue to change things forever. Don't you just love that? Here's a scientific model of the universe, and, um, and, it, and it shows how the universe expands from a, a moment where God speaks right at the beginning to today where the universe is still growing and still expanding. But God only spoke in that moment, but his word had the ability to continue to bring expansion and growth. The universe is still growing, still expanding, still moving because way, way, way back, God said, let there be light. And there was light. When God speaks to you, that word has the ability, the power to cause life forever. You know, you may have heard the phrase, one word from God can change your life forever. It's absolutely true. Because his word has within it this power. When God said in Genesis chapter 1, let the land produce, the Hebrew word is dashar. Let's all try and go for a deep voice and say dashar together. One, two, three, dashar. And it means, it doesn't just mean let the land produce. It means let the land produce. Produce, 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 produce. I'm your provider. Provider, 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 provider. The, Genesis says, let the waters team. It doesn't say, let's have a few fish in the waters, but let the waters team. It's the same idea. Team, 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 as in multiplication. So God's voice expands our world. It expands our lives. And I believe that you and I need to tune in to the voice of God because God is not an echo. He speaks out of who he is. And when he speaks, everything grows and expands and moves forward. He speaks something that's beautiful and he speaks something and good. We said this morning, seven times, Genesis 1, God said, it's good. God speaks, something happens, he observes, that's good. When he speaks, it's good. And I want you, maybe you feared the voice of God. Maybe there are people here and you feared hearing what God wants to say to you. I just want to put you at rest tonight and say, when God speaks, it's good. It's good. And it's going to be good for you. God's voice will cause expansion and growth and life in, within us. The enemy's voice will restrict us and call us to be small. 
And so which voice will we listen to? I mean, given that choice, right? You, nobody's going to say, let's listen to the enemy's voice, are they? <laughs> like given that choice, you've got the voice of God and his voice will cause life and expansion and growth. Or you've got the enemy's voice that will come and bring death and restriction. Like which voice will you choose? Nobody's going to choose the enemy's voice. So we need to learn to hear God's voice and how to respond to his voice. And so if you'll allow me, I'd like to share four quick ideas about hearing and responding to the voice of God. Is that okay? Oh, that was great. Thank you so much. Let's try it. It was great. I'm glad you want to listen. So here's the first. Remember our purpose. To hear God's voice and respond to God's voice, let's remember our purpose. Let's turn again to Genesis chapter 1. Somebody said to me earlier, actually, I was really surprised that we got Genesis. And I said, well, a few years ago, I teach at a few Bible schools. And a few years ago, they rang me up and they said, Paul, could we change your subjects? And I said, what all Christian leaders should say, I said, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I'll just serve you in any way you want me to serve. And so they said, okay, Paul, we'd like you to do the Old Testament. And like inside, I'm thinking, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> and, and, I, and then I remembered, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I've loved getting into the Old Testament and teaching for about seven years the Old Testament. And particularly, I fell in love with Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. And in verse 26, it says this, 26 to 28. I think you'll find it's on the screen behind me. It says, God said, let us make man in our image. And in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, this is our purpose. Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And God saw all that he has made and it was very good. God created everything with his voice. Let us make man in our image. And when God gets intimate with us, he speaks to us. When God gets close to us, he speaks to us. You know, we are God's best idea. And when God speaks, God forms us. We're made in his image. Someone called it that you and I are God's voice with skin on. That's a great way to look at it. That he speaks to us when he gets intimate. But we are the result of his speaking. So God, before the foundation of the earth, said, Paul, be. My name, Benja, by the way, in Polish, which is spelt with a W, but, but called Benja, says it, the, the word Benja in Polish means will be. Paul will be. I think that's pretty cool. Because I think before the foundation of the earth, God looked down to 1964 and he said, Paul will be. Let's, uh, how cool would it be if we could give him that surname? Paul Benja, you know. Paul will be. God did the same with you. You are God's voice with skin on. He spoke your name before the creation of the world. He knew who you were and he spoke you. You are his voice with skin on. He created us. And his purpose is that you would be fruitful, that you would increase, and that you would represent his image, his likeness in the world. What is God like? He's not mean, is he? 
he's not crusty. He's not rusty. And he's not religious. And therefore the church, we too shouldn't be mean, crusty, rusty or religious. God is like Jesus. He has always been like Jesus. There was never a time when he wasn't like Jesus. It's just that we haven't known this. We need to remember our purpose, that our purpose is to be God's voice with skin on. To be the people of God who bear his image, bear his likeness. The people who people look at and say, there's something about them that I need. I had a friend called Humpy. His name was Alistair Humphreys, but everybody called him Humpy. And I worked, I worked with him when I worked uh, for British Coal. And he was my best friend. And, and uh, we, we, he got made redundant. And I moved into the ministry and stuff like that. And I'd not seen him for 15 years. And I saw him one day as I was crossing a road in Lincoln. He wound down his car window and he says, is that Paul? And I said, is that Humpy? And he said, yeah, he was at traffic lights. He said, take my card, give me a ring, let's do coffee. Well, I'd not seen him for 15 years. He wasn't a Christian. And, uh, and, uh, and so two weeks later, we arranged to have coffee. And I was praying for two weeks. I thought, we've got an hour. And I'm going to sit with Humpy, and we're going to catch up for three minutes. And then for 57 minutes, I'm going to give him Jesus. Like, because we've not spoken about this for an hour. Anyway, we meet. And we, he says, Paul, I've got an hour. I said, that's cool. I said, let's talk. We begin to talk. And we begin to catch up. For 60 minutes, we caught up. And we never talked about Jesus. I went back to my desk. And I sat at my desk. And I, I'm like praying. I'm saying, oh, what? Like, I've me- I messed up. I got that wrong. I, I had these plans. I had this vision. I've been praying for two weeks for Humpy that we would be able to have these conversations about Jesus. And I am such a failure. I am such a loser. And, and I left it. The following week, he's in Boston in Lincolnshire. And he sees a church called New Life. We'd actually met in the coffee shop of a church called New Life. He drives into the car park in, on the lunchtime. He knocks on the door. A friend of mine opens the door. His name's Alan Hoare. And he says to him at the door, he says, do you know Paul Benja? And Alan says, yeah, I know Paul Benja. I've, been, I've worked with him before in the church in Lincoln. He said, Paul Benja's got something I don't have. I need to find out how to get it. Alan invited him in, gave him a cup of coffee, talked to him for about 57 minutes about Jesus. <laughs> Humpy gave his life to Jesus. He's now part of a church in Nottingham. That deserves a round of applause, doesn't it? Isn't that incredible? I never said to him the words I wanted to say, but there was something about me being something like God's voice with skin on to him that made him want to find out more. I believe that's our purpose, that we would represent God well in this world, that you would represent God well wherever you go tomorrow, wherever you go on Monday. We shouldn't separate Sunday from Monday. You're representing God every single day of the week. Let's remember our purpose. The second is we need to rediscover our freedom. We need to rediscover our freedom. You know, I think sometimes we get uh, um, confused about the Garden of Eden. We kind of have this um, kind of image of the Garden of Eden of, of it being kind of really prohibitive. Where God is like this mean, 
kind of guy who says, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other. But God says, you may eat of any tree in the garden. For time, I won't read the verses, but they're in Genesis 3. You may eat of any tree, but not this one. Just this one. I'd like to keep that for myself. So look around the garden. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, you may eat. Yes, yes, yes. A million times yes, just not this one. Do you get what I'm saying? We need to recover our freedom because we sometimes think in the church, God is saying, no, 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 no. A million times no, but yes, in this moment. We need to recover our freedom that we have been made in God's image and that God has made us with choice and with freedom to live out his purpose and to live out his will. Some people think the will of God is a tightrope. Like there's this like little road, this tight little road that you and I have to walk on and like have to like struggle to find out, is this the will of God? I think that most of the time the will of God is what would you like to do? What would you like to do? Let me tell you a couple of stories. Jesus has uh, been ministering all day and sends the fishermen away and uh, the disciples away on the boat. And he comes walking on the water. And they think it's a ghost. And Jesus says to them, no, 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 it's not ghost, it's me. It's, I'm here, it's me. And Peter, don't you love Peter, says, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. Jesus doesn't say to Peter, I'll show you that it's me by one of you walking on the water. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come. And Jesus says, oh, never thought of that. But if that's the way you'd like it, come. Peter gets out of the boat. It says that Jesus was a distance away, by the way, and he walks on the water. And of course, we know the story. Peter sinks and Jesus lifts him up. I loved Christie's like, well, that's what I'm taking away from this tonight when she talked about playing football. Jesus takes you out, but he lifts you up again. It's my favorite thing from this weekend. Well, I, just, I thought straight away of Peter, you know, although Jesus didn't take him out. It was his fear of the wind and the waves. And he begins to sing, Jesus lifts him up. But here's the thing. Nobody talks about the walk back. Peter didn't just walk out to Jesus. He walked back with Jesus. He just had a wobble in the middle. He had a miracle. But my point is this. It was Peter's idea. There's the centurion and the centurion's got a sick servant. And Jesus is ministering. And, um, and Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to come to your house. Okay, that's the deal. I'm going to come and I'm going to pray for your servant that's sick. And the centurion says, Wait, wait, I know how this works. You don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. And my servant will be made well. Jesus was saying, well, I, I like, I'm willing to come to your house. But if you'd like me to do it that way, then okay. Let's do it that way. We need to recover 
our freedom. Sometimes we're afraid of making suggestions to God. Sometimes we're afraid of telling God, you know, we'd like to see this happen. We'd like to move in this way. And I, but I believe we need to realize that God wants us to rediscover our freedom. In the garden, God says to Adam, this is all yours. Enjoy it. It's yes, yes, yes. A million times yes. Just not here. And I always think this, you know, let's not live afraid because I always say this. I am just a kid from a mining village in Derbyshire. If God wants to get my attention and my heart is open, he can get my attention. He can tell me when it's no. So it's all go until God says no. Do you like that? We need to rediscover our freedom. Some of us have been afraid of making mistakes. We've been afraid of starting ventures. We've been afraid of committing to ministries. But we need to rediscover our freedom. Some of us have said, wouldn't it be great if, well, why don't we step out and ask God to be with us in that freedom? Adam and Eve are in the garden and they've got this freedom, but then a new voice appears. And the third thing is this, we need to recognize the lie. So we need to remember our purpose, we need to rediscover our freedom, but we also need to recognize the lie. Because the enemy tries to convince us that we are not what God says we are. And we are not who God says we are. We sang it to, tonight, I am who you today, I am who you say I am. And the enemy says, God's holding out on you. God's holding out on you, he's holding something back from you. But I believe that God wants to remind us he's not holding out of, on us. That's a lie. He's not holding out on us. He's got everything we need for us. You know, uh, Adam and Eve wanted to be like God because they were designed to be like God. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. They were designed to be like God. You can't be tempted by a desire you don't have. I love Marmite. Anybody else love Marmite? Who hates Marmite? Could I tempt you to eat Marmite? You cannot be tempted by a desire you don't have. So Adam and Eve had a desire to be like God. It was a good desire. God gave them that desire. But the enemy came and tricked them on that desire to say that God's holding out of you. They were wired to be like God. God had put that desire within them. And I believe that you and I have got desires in our hearts and we need to recognize the lie when the enemy tries to rob the desires that God has put within our heart. You know what the psalmist says, don't you? God will give you the desires of your heart. Do you know that's a two-sided coin? God will give you them. You'll find the desires of your heart coming to pass. God will give you them. But he'll give you them in the first place. He'll wire you to have those desires. Desire is such a powerful thing. I remember when my uh, eldest son was six years of age, Jeannie and I needed to talk about something, something church-related, something really important. So we had to leave him in a room, and then we said to him, Nathan, like, whatever you do, don't do this while we're just in the kitchen. We'll only be a few minutes. You know what happened, didn't you? He did it. So I come back in, and I look at him, and I say, Nathan, did you understand when we said to you, don't do this. Yes, Dad. So why did you do it? I don't know. No, no, son, son. If you understood that you weren't meant to do it, tell me why did you do it? 
I've no idea. Like Nathan, you've got to know why you did it. Because you understood completely that you weren't meant to do it. So why did you do it? I don't know, Dad. But here's the truth. He didn't know. He had no idea. But he was driven by a desire within him. I believe that we need to recognize the lie that the enemy tells us that our desires are wrong and that God has put desires within us for his purposes, for his kingdom, for life that are healthy and that are good. There's maybe things that you and I have switched off to because we've thought that's wrong. That's not something we should think about or believe for. But we need to understand that God gives us the desires of our hearts and he wants us to pursue them in the freedom that he has. I've had a desire since 15 years of age to build the church. I've had that desire all my life. It's stronger today than it's ever been. God gave me that desire. And I believe the desire is in your heart. But the enemy wants to lie to you and to warp that desire. We have this desire within us, these desires within us. And I want to say tonight that they're possible. They're totally possible. God is not holding out on you. And I want us to recognize the lie where the enemy is saying to you, it can't happen. It won't happen. Where the enemy is saying to you, that only happens to other people. Have you ever been there? That only happens to other people. No, God has put that desire within you. And, and, and God wants to give you those desires. You were made in God's image. You've got everything you need. God will give you everything you need because he has put that desire within you. Recognize the lie. And my final thing, and the worship team's coming back. I told you tonight, we were just going to look quickly at these things, is this, remove the wrong voices. Remove the wrong voices. Recognize the lie and remove the wrong voices. Let me read a couple of verses from Genesis chapter 3. Verse 8. To start with, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat of? A new voice came into the garden. A new voice came to Adam and Eve. And they listened to the voice that said, God's holding out on you. They listened to this other voice that was telling them. You see, everything was meant to be shaped by God's voice. But they listened to another voice. Everything was meant to be created and um, overflowing and growing because of God's voice. But they then begin to listen to another voice. And so God says to them, who told you? Who told you? What's this other voice that's come to you? Because everything was meant to be shaped by my, my voice. But you've allowed another voice into your soul. And I want to say sometimes in the church and as Christians, we allow wrong voices into our soul Real, we allow the wrong voice to speak to us the wrong voice to dictate to us everything in your life in my life is meant to be shaped by God's voice by God's voice that says it's good Hannah it's good it's good it's good 
What's your name, sir? Jim. Jim, it's good. You wrote a song that we sang last night. Is that right? Or was that somebody else? It was Jim. I knew I was right. Yeah, like he's arguing with me and I'm right, aren't I? Shall I just talk to you? All right. Jim, you know that song? It's good. You've had a voice that's told you it's not good. That's the wrong voice, Jim. The voice of God is that that is good. I want you to remove, Jim. I, Jim, I want you to, because there's more songs in you, Jim, and I want you to remove the voice that says it's no good, Jim. And I want you to listen to the voice of God that says it's good, because you were created in His image. You are God's voice with skin on. It's good. And you're good. There's people here. Stuff's happened to you. Yeah, come on. Give it up. Sorry. Delayed. There's people here and stuff's happened to you and you now think it's not good. God wants to say to you, we, let's remove that voice. Because it's the voice of God, it's good. You're good. You're created in my image. You're not perfect. We've got some work to do. But it's not good. But I like to put it like this. Every January, God comes and talks to me. This is a story. This doesn't really happen. But I like this. Jesus told stories that he made up. You know that, don't you? Okay, I'll try this side of the room. <laughs> Hannah, you're with me tonight. In, do you know, Hannah, that Jesus told stories that he actually made up that weren't actually real things that were happening? Do you know that? Yeah, parables. They're parables, yeah. Yeah, you see, I like her. Jesus told stories that he made up. So this is a made-up story, but it's brilliant. God comes to me every January and he says, Paul, I like you. He says, in fact, Paul, I love you. He says, in fact, Paul, you're my favorite. I like, I like you way more than Sim, but don't tell him. I like you way more than any other Paul. Now you know it's made up, don't you? I like you way more than any other Paul. I say, oh, that's great, God. He said, if I could just change this year 10%. And I, and I say, God, 10%, that's nothing. Like, like, why don't you change all of my life? Why don't you change everything? And God says, no, let's just do 10. Let's, let's just fix 10% this year. The, like he says, the rest of the time, the 90%, just think you're amazing. Just think you're brilliant, but let's just fix the 10%. And I say, okay, God, let's do the 10%. Year one, God changes 10%. Nobody notices. I don't even notice. It comes to me again, January, year two, another 10 10%. Year three, 10%. Year four, 10%. Year five, 10%. I'm now unrecognizable. I'm unrecognizable from the person I was five years before. And it's just because I allowed God to shift incrementally stuff in my life. I know God can do miracles in a moment. He can change a person in a second. I know God can do that, but do you know for most of us it's a process. It's a shift here and a shift there and it's 10% here and 10% there and all my encouragement would be, don't let it be 1% because it'll take you 50 years for where I'm going to get to in 5 years. Let him shift the 10%. Let him come to you. Let's pick on somebody else. Let's, let's pick on Sim, when he comes to you in January and he tells you that he loves you more than me, he's lying. But when he tells you that, 
If I can just change the 10%, let him change the 10%. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Live free. Live in your freedom. Remember your freedom. And let God change the 10%. So God says to us, who told you you were worthless? Who told you you were less? Who told you you were hopeless? Who told you that you can't? Who told you that you were ugly? Who told you to conform? Who told you that your life means nothing? Who told you you had no purpose? Who told you just be an echo because it's easier that way? Not God. God says, I'm for you. You're good. You're made in my image. He looked at you and he said, this is good. This is very good. Who told you that your mistakes would mean you'd be excluded? Who told you that your failures you'd have to drag around forever? Has no one told you about Jesus Christ? Because right there in the garden, God promised another voice. He promised another voice. There's coming another voice. And that voice is going to speak hope and going to speak life and going to speak freedom. And you know what? We saw it on the video when hope in, hope's walked into this room tonight. And maybe you've had the voice that told you you were something and it wasn't the voice of God. Tonight I'm asking you to recognize the lie but to remove the voice. To remember your purpose. To rediscover your freedom. And that's, that's a word for somebody. You've been like living like your, your boundaries were so limited with God, they're so wide. Rediscover your freedom. You've been fearful of making choices. What if I get it wrong? Like, God's big. Like sometimes, you know when we live like that, Hannah? <laughs> what if I get it wrong? What if my battery fails when I'm leading worship? What if I get it wrong? Like, God's bigger than God's bigger than all that, isn't he? Don't make your God tiny. Oh, I've got some students. I like I've got this student sobbing in the class one day. So we're having this kind of conversation about God. And she says something to me. And I said, well, that's not the God I serve. So she looks at me and said, what do you mean? I said, that, your God is too puny. He's too tiny. She started sobbing, Hannah. Yeah, like you did earlier, yeah. Well, you weren't sobbing. You were just emotional, you know. <laughs> I thought, you've gone too far, Paul. <laughs> Go in reverse quickly. <laughs> Get out of here. Don't make your God too small that he can't cope with your mistakes, cope with your ideas, cope with your thoughts, cope with your attempts. He, in fact, he loves it. He lo I am convinced that God is in heaven right now with the angels saying, that idiot Benja again. He's getting it all wrong, but isn't it great? Isn't it great? What would happen if we stopped listening to other voices? What would happen if we realized we were God's voice with skin on? That God was speaking into our world. Imagine if we allowed Jesus to be God's voice in our lives. What if we remembered our purpose, we rediscovered our freedom, we realized God isn't holding out on us, and we removed the wrong voices?
why don't we stand to our feet? I'm going to pray for us. Then I'm going to hand over to Sim and let him minister. But I believe there's some people here tonight, I just sense that God is bringing freedom into our lives, bringing a liberty to live for him. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.